Hey guys, I'm George Jacob and welcome to the Everyday Malaysian Show where we will be interviewing people from different walks of life. And we have with us today our first guest who has been working as a behavior therapist for roughly 3 years. Her name is Stephanie Duke. Hey Steph. Hi. Hey, uh, can you elaborate more on what does a behavior therapist do? Sure thing. Uh thanks again for inviting me. You're welcome. Um, hmm, a behavior therapist. I would say behavior therapy basically deals with like it says with people's behavior. Mhm. So, behavior therapists we primarily work with uh, kids with autism or anywhere along the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And we work with uh behavior management. So that could be like classroom skills or it could be um, you know, like tabletop tasks. It could be working with their parents, working with their siblings and you know how to ha- how to have friends and how to you know behave appropriately when they're outside so that's basically what we do so you're basically like teaching them the do's and don'ts of society exactly exactly wow that sounds like a very interesting line of work uh now so how did you get into this line were you um uh, was this like a passion of yours uh i wouldn't exactly say it was a passion um i did want to you know join the helping industry Um that's kind of why I got into university in the first place. I wanted to make sure that, you know, when I came out of my, you know, education that I would be able to help somebody and not just from behind the desk. Mm. Um mm. but this kind this job actually kind of happened by accident. So uh when I was finishing up my degree, a few of my friends who had graduated earlier, they started working in the Center for Autistic Kids. Mm. And although um it was challenging and to them it was not only physically demanding it was also emotionally demanding because you know autistic kids can take a toll out of you um they seemed so fulfilled by the job and I thought that was such a novelty and I wanted to try it out myself even though not uh, working with kids wasn't really my forte mm-hmm. I thought you know I'd give it a shot and you know no harm to try something uh being a fresh graduate I think so it was really really fun um while I was there and I thought you know what this this is really my passion because I was really um set on wanting to make a difference in people's lives so this is the ch- this is the chance that I got to take it wow i mean that's an amazing story like not many people are most people i think our age are more like oh i want to make a lot of money <laughs> and here's somebody who's actually doing you know something that's i think a positive impact in your surroundings oh thank yeah. you thank you so now as you got into this do you say that would sorry would you say that there is a certain type of educational background you will need for you to be able to do this job I suppose it might help. Um I myself come from a background where I studied psychology. Mhm. Um and I assume those who had done maybe a minor or a degree in early childhood development that might help out a little bit. But to be honest because this is kind of an experience field, you only know what you're doing by doing it. You know, you only know how to work with a kid who's nonverbal by actually working with the kid who's nonverbal. Mm. And no amount of training or theory can really help you in terms of doing the day-to-day job. 
So I think it might be beneficial just to know the terminology and to know, you know, the different ways of therapy that can be run. But uh, as to actually implementing it and like, you know, putting rubber to the road, mm-hmm. I think education is not the primary focus when looking at working with these kids. Uh, so you think that um, it's more of a hands-on kind of job? Oh, definitely, definitely. Ah, okay, all right. Wow. So now, as uh, you know, you said that you you did um, you did psychology. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. yeah. So now, do you think that what you've learned now, um, and as a behavior therapist, do you think that these things should be implemented for normal kids as well? I think it really depends on the personality of the child. Um, like the child themselves, they can t- have a tendency of either being behavioral or being really rigid sometimes. I think certain kids can have the tendency of wanting certain structure in life and being really frustrated when the they don't get that that. Um, in that fulfillment of the structure. Mm, okay. Um, or even some kids, I think, can be really OCD about some things. I myself, like, I have a certain tendency where I want my blanket to be arranged in a certain way whenever <laughs> I sleep. Um, you know, and if it if it doesn't, it kind of irks me. So yeah. I feel like I have to change it. So it's, it's just a small glimpse into seeing, like, what the lives of these kids kind of is. So... Anybody can have little challenges and I think knowing certain behavioral techniques can help the neurotypical child Yeah. in terms of even something small like being able to sit down consecutively for an hour while doing homework. I think that's a good skill to have. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we don't need to be so strict yeah. with the neurotypical kids, you know, because they're more likely to call you out on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But giving them uh, a little bit of help here and there, I, mm-hmm. I think it's it's worth giving a try. I see. I see. Now, so, like, again, I think what you're doing is great. And now, working with these kids, is there anything that you have taken from your childhood into this occupation? Ooh, tough question. Um, I grew up in, like, a really small town. Um... Bukit Matajam in Penang. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, the only people that I know that ever came out of that and became famous, I think, was like Li Chongwei. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. He stayed nearby. Um, but I think because the childhood that I had was um, fairly normal, in a sense, um, I didn't go to uh, a government school. So my education was a little bit different in the sense that, um, you know, uh, creative thinking, critical thinking skills, that was kind of the most important aspect and creating your own set of activities in the day that are actually beneficial to you. Like, Mm -hmm. for example... Um, whenever we'd go on holiday, um, so it can be like, just like a a day trip or something to KL. And when we'd come back, my dad would issue me something like a, like a book report. So I'd have to write, um, like maybe, 
100 to 500 words at that time about the trip you know so you have your recall ability and you know testing your handwriting testing your spelling and your general like english grammar skills and all of that mm-hmm. while well, that is like really out of the norm for most parents to do yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't uh, think i know any parents who did that yeah but i kind of really appreciated him for doing it because mm. it kind of gave me a new sense of pride and joy in terms of writing mm-hmm. so i ended up really liking writing and we also had this um this thing where um for the middle of the day yeah when we were free on the weekends we would spend an hour or two um each reading a book okay. or reading an article or something and at the end of it we'd all discuss what each other was was reading and and learning so uh i realize now that makes me sound like i come from a really academic family but i tr- trust me i'm not <laughs> um it's just that those skills kind of enveloped into my personality so i'm a person that now really likes to read for fun mhm well i think if i didn't have exposure or like you know was drawn to those activities when i was young mm-hmm. i think i wouldn't like it as much because you know why read when you have tv okay yeah I, and i understand where you're coming from uh but again how does this relate back to how does this relate back to bringing this into the workplace mm okay okay i i i'm not exactly certain if there were particular things that i drew from my own upbringing that i brought to work other than the fact that you know um you want those skills of independence in children as well mm-hmm. so you know you want to build them like a schedule like okay in, in the day you're going to be doing these 10 things for example mm-hmm. and you're going to teach them that um Yeah, it's okay if you don't know how to do something or some things are a group activity, some things you're doing alone, some things you got to be accountable for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you know, mom and dad aren't going to hold your hand forever when it comes to schoolwork. So you have to learn to sort of take that responsibility on yourself and make sure that you're doing stuff right so that when you do get like your reward or something at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know that oh i tried my best even if it wasn't 100% at least i tried my best throughout the day mm, so that's I something see. i i like to encourage in all of my kids right that's that's great i think that is something that that a lot of kids i think in this day and age a lot of times we uh expect perfection out of them or yeah. or the pressure that they put on themselves mm-hmm. is i need to be the best instead of trying my best yeah. or doing my best doesn't matter whether your best is 100% or not but to do your best mm-hmm. instead of trying to be the best if that makes sense yeah i really wish a lot of asian parents would really take that into consideration mm-hmm. i mean your kid doesn't have to be a lawyer doctor engineer for you to be proud of them yeah they could be you know a janitor but they could be a person that is open-minded they could be a loving person they could be a kind person and just so happen to you know mop the floor 
mm. and that should be okay i see yes i i agree with you on that so now working in this job i'm sure you know that there, there are challenges when it comes to dealing with the kids but aside from that what is your biggest challenge hmm i would say myself as well as a lot of others in our field we feel that sometimes the expectations from parents can be a little bit tricky to deal with mm-hmm. um sometimes parents are either fall into two categories either they are like super involved in helicopter parenting and they want their kid to do all these things that maybe they can't achieve right now mhm or they're the complete opposite and they're really passive yeah so even when the kid does something and you should be celebrating that milestone for the parent that has a special needs kid sometimes they've already given up hope oh. or you know sadly they don't want to put hope or optimism into into that kid because they they're scared of being let down or something mm. Mm. so i mean i understand where the parents are coming from but you know either side isn't good we just want to find a happy medium where we can work with the parent and the kid can thrive in their own learning environment together. Mm, I see. Anyway, you know what, Steph, I think it's amazing hearing from you and I am really happy at what you're doing and the impact that you're making in your community and I hope you continue you. to do it. Thank you. All right, and thank you so much for your time. Thank I... you for having me on here. All right then. Thank you again for tuning in. If you have any questions, You can drop us a message on our social media accounts Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned because we have another episode coming to you. Yay!